0: Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name's Trevor Strunk, Hegelbon on Twitter, um, and I'm really happy to have with me uh, Camel Altamimi, uh, who's a, a new friend of mine uh, on Twitter, um, a new mutual follower. Uh, we've been we've been talking for a little while, but we actually started talking after uh, Matt Christmas podcast. Um, Camel is an animation student uh, and a, a, a thinker and a a, a guy with a a lot of opinions on the topic of video games and art. Um, He's on Twitter, just real quick so you know, and we'll say it at the end. He's on Twitter at uh, Camel, K-A-M-E-L underscore Altamimi, A-L-T-A-M-I-M-I, and it's the same on Instagram. And there's a Twitch uh, stream that you do uh, at uh, Can, C-A-N underscore do underscore Camel, right? Yes. Um, And that's you kind of like uh, practicing your animation right practicing
1: my illustration skills live cool uh so far i still haven't found a storage solution so it's
0: only live so
1: far but later (laughs) when i find an ability to record i will do that
0: yeah no it's it's uh it's tricky i've been um i've had a number of solutions that and i don't know if i've really felt comfortable with any of them so i i feel their pain um so Kamel, uh introduce yourself to the audience a little bit. Uh, let them know where you're... Can you give us an idea of where you're coming from and, and what you're hoping to talk about today?
1: Yes. Um, first off, my name is Camel Tamimi. Uh, I, as you said, I'm an animation student uh, with a very rich... Like, I've been a gamer since I was born, basically. Uh, well, I shouldn't say gamer, because that's not a... <laughs> that's it's okay, we'll exactly... let it slide. But yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, but i come from uh, saudi arabia i was born and raised in riyadh uh, i was uh, i studied for college in egypt cairo egypt cool uh, and uh, now i'm you know uh, the, uh, and now i'm just studying animation so to, to hopefully one day become a good artist and make cool cartoons
0: nice excellent yes. uh definitely i already know what i'm going to ask you in the bonus questions and uh, as a as a teaser to anyone who's not a patron thus far it'll definitely be about what kind of uh animation you're hoping to to make because um, that's fascinating i i think that's really cool <laughs> I, I have no they, hmm? they,
1: like i don't mean to sound like self-putting down but i'm not really a super duper artist at the moment so like i don't <laughs> want to talk a big game and like people's like what this guy
0: <laughs> no so... no i mean it, if you want <laughs> if, it, if it makes you feel better i could try and draw something too and put it up next to it on the when i when i post the podcast and then they'll think you're a great artist like i have <laughs> I have negative if you, talent. Uh, if you if you actually draw something for me, I will make it the t- for a,
1: at least a little bit the title header for my Twitch stream, the title <laughs> image for my Twitch stream. I will
0: I will try and draw something <laughs> seriously. I, I don't know how successful <laughs> I'll be. Um, so you were talking to me before we we started recording about um, you had kind of a reaction, and this is actually how we started talking. You you responded to both uh, me and Matt uh, when I posted the podcast and. Uh, you, you were saying that you had kind of like a, a strong reaction to, um, and I like the way you framed this, Matt's, uh, characterization of video games is somehow, you know, more pernicious or, uh, more, I don't know, uh, alienating than any other kind of art. Um, can you expand on that a little bit? Yes. Uh, first off, like,
1: let's, let's get a couple of things out of the way. Uh, let's get the simple stuff out of the, out of the way, <laughs> like, uh, Video games is cool. <laughs> hey, yeah. It can be really stylish and cool and stuff like that, and super like uh, ninjas fighting giant monsters, artistic, etc., etc. This stuff we can just put it on the side, like the cool factor. We can lay it on the side. Sounds uh, good. The second thing is that like Matt, he uh, I, uh, I I Matt is kind of my spirit animal in the sense that like <laughs> in the sense that it's like it, this kind of like really critical. Like <laughs> outlook on things that that cause real harm to people, and I like that because that's the way I tend to react when I when I see something bad happening, uh, mm. uh, especially in a social political sense. So I agree a lot on the negative on some of the negative outcomes that can come about when you revolve your life around a hobby or an interest that has no basis on reality uh, or doesn't provide. Constructive output. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going delving too deep into this, but basically, no, 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 I, I I agree with him on a lot of different cases, especially the whole like uh, like let's put this out of the way, like uh, GamerGate and uh, the term revolving your life around being a gamer and GamerGate and stuff like that. That's that's pretty dumb. Like that's not like. Uh, 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 but I don't yeah. think I don't think he's categorizing. I I think he's misaiming his apprehension. And I don't think the problem is with video games per se, because there's two. I would like to posit a kind of thesis, okay, that I hastily wrote.
0: <laughs> no, this is all really good. Don't worry, you're not you're uh, not too hasty at this point. You're not delving in too deep. I like the pacing. Don't worry. Keep keep it up. My theory, my theory is that video
1: games and it's and middle brow work. I wouldn't. I don't know what middle brow actually means, but I'm just gonna say it. Like middle brow work, okay. like animation and like uh, cinematic animation, are capable of at least some form of liberation. Now, what do we what do we mean by some form of liberation? I'm not talking about the liberation that comes from collective. Direct action uh, in the in the way that Matt was probably imagining like the whole like let's get together and challenge the regime and stuff like that Yeah, I'm talking about Liberation of the of kind of like the mind and the soul and the development of aesthetic tastes that bring a person's a uh, that Challenges a person to be a little bit more than he would have been had he not been exposed to any of these media Excellent
0: yeah uh, I think I think that's really interesting especially like so you talk about middle brow, and I, I like the way you use that term uh in part because uh the concept of middle brow is sort of like built for the historical situation and not not literally it was built for different historical situations but it's perfect for the historical situation we're in right now where things like animation and video games and you know even even stuff that seems as sort of trivial say like a comic book movie um these things are entering a kind of like uh, different echelon of art where, like, I don't think anyone would say like, "Oh, they're you know um, high gatekeepy art," because most people can enjoy an animation um, on its face, right? That's one of the the, the major uh, benefits of animation. But you can look at like a, a challenging cartoon. There can be a thing. Let me say this: as a challenging cartoon, and that kind of occupies that middle brow space where, like, yeah, it's not low culture. But it doesn't have the gatekeeping status of high culture. It exists as sort of like this accessible version of serious art. Um, Yes, exactly. And the the thing is, is that like
1: my context is different because I come from a context in which society and youth and all of this business is already alienated and is already atomized and is already like put down in huge amounts of different ways uh like uh, when Matt, for example uh, says that like uh, people are playing video games instead of going out and collectivizing or doing the what call it or like get, making collective action against the regime doing yeah, collective a- yeah doing collective action against the regime is not an option that middle easterners mostly have mm. like and it's not a, and uh, uh, put, to put things in context let me just quickly uh let me let me just quickly click to the one note thing that i <laughs> all right Please, no <laughs> It like now, let me let me paint to you a picture of what the, what's the kind of alienation I'm talking about. Uh, life in uh, life in uh, Riyadh. Like imagine yourself, you're born in the late 80s, whatever. You're the same generation, whatever. And like, what is life in what is, what is life in, in places like Saudi? Like, every home in Saudi is a castle. Every house, every two floor house has eight foot walls surrounding each one of them. Social interaction is really limited and difficult. We don't have cinemas. We don't have theater. We don't have live concerts, except on a r- really rare occasions. We don't, uh, like, gender segregation is a, uh, is, av- is what's available. Like, there's high de- uh, lack of incentivizing to go outside in the first place. Like, I, uh, like of course, you guys know about the whole, like, uh, uh, the prevention of virtue, uh, sorry, the prevention of vice and, you know, the the religious police, yes, to put it yeah. Yeah. So like like I like I was I was take I was uh, not uh, what's the word apprehended not apprehended that's too big of a word. I was uh, put on hold by these guys for like 3 hours because all I did was park in front of a mall. And like uh, during prayer time, like it's, there's a high, yeah, well, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, it was danger or whatever. Like it wasn't like an Indiana Jones movie where we had to like (laughs) fight against a bunch of sword wielding dancers or whatever. No, like we we just, uh, they just took us into their uh, truck. We went to a place, they processed us, they let us go. So, but so there's high de-incentivization for us to even like go about, out and about. Okay and in, in many different uh, in many different aspects of cultural life uh, so it, it so you have this you have this strange ex, uh, existence in which like normal outside abilities to actualize yourself is not available like except you know if you're going to go play soccer with friends or if you're going to do this or do that but you know things like culture uh, like huge uh, concerts or Gatherings and stuff like that—that's not really available in the same way that it is available in the United States. Okay. Uh, But you know what? uh, What what people do do, and this comes to the topic of the dark box of a room. What people do is go to each other's houses, and what do they do? They play video games with each other.
0: Hmm.
1: So you have a situation in which in in Saudi, like if unless you're living in an apartment, usually there's a room dedicated. To nothing but entertainment, and that's where you gather your friends and you gather the bunch and the gang to sit down and play games and do, do whatever.
0: So you, uh, sorry? No, I was gonna say so. So people actually come over to your house then to, to play because I think one of the, one of the tricky things for Matt and one of the things that that I'm kind of taken by in your in your description is like, there is an atomization of, uh, gaming because we do it online now, right? Like it's all distant, um, as opposed to, like, a bunch of people being in a room together.
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of mixing up time periods. Like, I'm just saying in general... Oh, uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Like, like when a, you were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, like, uh, imagine we're talking about late 90s to 2000s, uh, stuff like that. Okay, I'm right there uh, with you. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, you... And I wasn't talking about atomization of gaming. I'm talking about atomization of society as a whole. Yeah,
0: no, no, no. I know. I just... I, I jumped the rails there, but the, the, the sort of, like, in... The vision was was an older vision. So now I, I get it. I get it for sure. Go ahead, sorry.
1: So, whatchamacallit. So us and friends, we would gather in a room and we'd play video games with each other. And we'd play video games all day and just sit there and play video games as a group because there was nothing else to do, literally, in many cases. Uh, so you can imagine, like, for example, I didn't wa- play the Mel Gear Solid series. I watched... In a room with other people playing the Metal Gear Solid series from top to bottom. Right. So you can imagine in an environment and uh, okay. And the other thing is is that when you're in an environment in which mass media is tightly controlled, where there isn't like yeah, like I don't need to tell you, and like you know how it is in the Middle East, like in, in terms of mass media control, in terms of like lack of uh, lack of expression or whatever, whatever, you don't get exposed to the same Intellectual stimuli and awakening stimuli as you would get exposed to through a normal education social science based education in the United States Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of being collectively exposed to these new ideas that came about with Mel Gersalit like uh, being collectively Mm -hmm. uh, being collectively like uh, Exposed to the idea of like that that uh, whatchamacallit? uh, I And like that not everything is as it seems. You're not a, necessarily a good uh, good guy and your si- side is good. And that like you, it exposed to you the idea that the people you're fighting have backgrounds and develop empathy models for these bad guys that you're fighting and that they have stories as well. And there are reasons behind why they're doing what they're doing mm-hmm. to you. And then it exposes to you like the whole genome warfare, the the, the, the politics of uh, of nuclear demilitarization. Like I don't need to go through the whole story of Mel but you can imagine – like you can you can imagine what a no, huge no. like holy yeah. mo- holy shit moment like that must have been where you're in an environment that's tightly controlled that has black and white yeah. views
0: on everything and then suddenly you're exposed to a level of nuance that like it's crazy. Well, I mean that's like that's like the story of a lot of I think a lot of people had a, a even in America. So like you know when I was growing up I think Metal Gear Solid came out when I want to yeah. say when I was like twelve or thirteen. Um, so like it, you know. It, a lot of people my age were playing it and it was like it was blowing their minds in terms of politics too as americans but you know this is this is post uh clinton impeachment hearings this is post you know uh or getting around getting close to uh the the bush gore election and like the idea of like politics not being a, a particularly savory thing was was not news i think to any of us but like there was enough there that blew our minds. I can only imagine in, in sort of like a, a more tightly controlled environment, that would be, yeah. you know, exponentially. And it's not, like, to, like, like, I don't want to go down powerful. the route of
1: just Mel Gersal, and I'm not talking about politics only. Uh, no, no, no. It, yeah, it, it's, it's like, just a very really uh, useful uh, Because example. I I gamed since the very beginning. Because, like, here's the thing. What was so interesting <laughs> about video games, and this uh, ties into the larger part about, like, the possibilities of video games. What What's so interesting about video games is that it was one of the few... Media that wasn't tightly censored. So like, w- whereas like what comes on uh, w- w- satellite TV uh, w- when uh, when you don't have access to cinema when you, when you don't have access uh, w- like we still got movies but uh, like uh, it, it, <laughs> uh, like uh, whatever like I, I'm not making total sense <laughs> but like at at no point were video games put under the same level of scrutiny as TV and as cable and as Stuff like that were, so, so in a way, okay. video games was a window to a uh, to uh, to to world culture in a way that we didn't we weren't able to have before.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So why do you think? I mean, maybe maybe you don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a total procedural thing that's kind of obscure, but. Why were video games so? Uh, yeah, well, they, they,
1: they thought it was. I don't know. They probably thought it was children's toys or whatever. Like, it, it, like I, I'm not. I, I don't. Here's the thing. Like, I have sure. to maintain a kind of a balance in how much like I can interpret the government's actions because I'm still a citizen. So I don't want to like, like the, even though that they used to go and rip out pages of magazines that had women scantily clad on them, and EGM and stuff like that. They, they didn't, mm-hmm. like, ban Dead or Alive sure. Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> so, it, like... It, <laughs> that, that, really? So, that, that's the kind that's of, so like, strange. how loose the, the, the outlook was on video games compared to other media. So,
0: so when, That's so interesting. So, I you know, I, immediately I could sort of see a way in which... And, and maybe I'm, I'm preempting you here, but it's just it's kind of interesting thinking about the ways that you're talking about, you know, emancipation or, or, or you know liberatory potentials within video games i mean there's already a moment where like just because they're a different frame of reference they sort of find ways to push around and i mean you you know we don't necessarily have to um say it just in just in like saudi society but like also you know just like anywhere there's a way in which video games kind of are given a different leeway because they're not a recognizable um uh media to you know
1: yeah, like uh, like they, they can ban for example Dust Capital, but they're not going to ban Civilization 6 from talking about Dust Capital. Uh yeah, I don't know how much Civilization right. VI talk about, it, but I'm just saying that as a abstract example.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's a good example, exactly. And it 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 like I think like one of the ways that serious censorship works and you know this isn't this is more just like a functional thing, but like the way serious censorship works is it actually takes out the even the reference to the thing like the actual thing itself is almost less dangerous than like a reference to a thing so like knowing you can read das capital is like on some levels exponentially more dangerous than giving someone a copy of *Dust capital yeah. and saying here read this because it's you know it's big yeah. it's imposing whatever uh, but knowing it's out there is sort of yeah. like so you like you a, the, 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 the main amazing. the main thing that, that i just
1: want to close out this initial like talking about to, uh, to close out this initial uh, section of my ideas is that like video games is kind of uh, p- kind of provided an entire generation of youth who are in the class of society that's able to afford that type of experience especially, well piracy was rampant so mm-hmm. a lot of people were able to afford it uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, like, like literally you can clean out the entire PlayStation library for 50 bucks but anyways <laughs> uh, uh, <Hey>. no, uh, <laughs> I didn't do it Whoever's listening. Not bad. No, no, I didn't. I did. I, I, I was weird. I, I, the PlayStation passed me by. Um, but they didn't pass by my friends, so I experienced PlayStation through them. That's the whole collectivization of the play experience that I'm talking about. Uh, but the but the main point that I want to nice. get at is that like video games, even though that they're not high culture or low culture, it's a package of culture that is explosive and that provided us a window into the world and window into ideas and cultures and aesthetic choices and tastes. That we would have never been exposed to in any other normal scenario of life. It's kind of like that moment in Shawshank Redemption when right. the guy puts the <laughs> opera on the cylinder and like <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, oh, shit, there is other <laughs> c- there is something else to the world. <laughs> it's like, so
0: <laughs> right, yeah, no, I, I can see that. I think that's that's really interesting because it, you know, one of the things that that Crispin talked about was this like. This concept of gaming being, um, I don't know, being a a totally individualized, totally sort of narrowing experience. But I think you're right, like, you know, either just even just only taking your example, but it could it could be spread out very easily. And I, I imagine we'll do that. But like, you know, there's a way in which it's not just individualized. It is opening up like a series of avenues that wouldn't be there Unless it was for and it's not, this particular uh, it's not necessarily individualized.
1: As I said, like the experience of playing the game was collectivized because, especially since we didn't, have, uh, there wasn't yeah. much else to do. Everybody else just joined together and played video games together as groups. Uh, so, uh, so it wasn't. It, it was perfectly normal that we'd be sitting in a room and somebody would be playing Dark Souls, and like just like we just sit there and watch him play through the thing, and like right. uh, so. What you have here is that, like... Uh, sorry. Uh, it's. I want to now, like, a little bit delve into the second part of what I'm talking about. Uh, the, the other thing about okay. these packages and these, like, experiences that we've been exposed to is that, like, of course, I'm not going to say that all video games were wonderful, eye-opening, oh, my God, experiences. Like, there was a... Like, all media, <laughs> there's a ton of shit. And, like... And, yeah, it's not like Bubsy 3D and yeah, like yeah, and it's not like life, people right? who only play uh, FIFA Soccer their entire lives are gonna like uh, but I'm talking about the real like life-changing sort of games and like I was remembering a uh, mm-hmm. a a, a, a the, the central point that I want to start getting into that ties together all of my thinking throughout talking with you is the concept of the narrative. The concept of is that these okay. games even though like, a lot of them were simply, as Chrisman put it, catalyst products that were trying to sell us a game so we can beat it and then forget about it later. But I remember a, uh, a interview with Hideo Kojima. Uh, I think it's in 2011 uh, where he was talking about the, the state of games back in the day when he was starting out and throughout. the That a lot of these games were made by people who had broken dreams. So what did, uh, when I was when I was delving when I was thinking about that who had people who had broken dreams, what did he mean? He meant he meant that people who had that ache in their hearts and souls and wanted to say something that is that they weren't able to say in the fields that they had their original dreams in. So like uh, sorry if I'm being super abstract, but imagine all of those like RPGs and stories and stuff like yeah. that that had half-baked ideas that had like. Strange like dialogue that talked about like what is the meaning of existence but this like you know those types of games like it,
0: it,
1: it, yeah so
0: like oh, yeah way, no, absolutely
1: it, it, like these video games not only g- gave us aesthetic choices but it also established a kind of like strange dialogue with people who had broken dreams or broken souls looking for something more to their lives and they were trying to express themselves through these video games. Hmm. So, uh, so in uh, uh, so it's it's the mix of that. It's the mix of window to the world, window to aesthetic choices, window to uh, to uh, to ideas, even if they were stupid and half baked. But windows to actual knowledge as well. Like I would have never ever learned about like biological vectors and the way like cell systems work or whatever if I didn't play Resident Evil. Like even though it's pseudoscience, but it's something. Like it's, interesting, interesting. I would yeah. have never known who William Gibson is unless I played Deus Ex. X. I would have never, ever ever known who Ayn mm-hmm. Rand was until unless I played Bioshock. I would have never uh, Whatchamacallit? call uh, it right. there's one pertinent example I wanted to point out uh, who was it It had to do with yeah it, 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 and, uh, oh I, I never like my frame of reference for creepy town in the in the hills is never going to be. Uh, uh, silent, uh, is never going to be uh oh shit what's the guy's name the famous uh, twin peaks it's never going to be twin peaks it, it will yeah it'll never be oh, right. i didn't david know who david lynch, lynch right. was yeah. until he showed up on louis four year, three years ago like you no, i'm serious like do <laughs> you mean preference will always no, be no i get Hill. it yeah all right so this this move, right. this takes right. us from the concept of, from introducing us to the world now comes the part where we talk about how these games uh, collectivized and instilled some kind of something within uh, within our hearts to try and do something.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, let me let me just say, like, I think what's really interesting about what you're saying is that and I think it's all really great. Like, the, the one thing I really like though is that this idea of you know connecting a connecting some sort of like serious aesthetic um, approach. Or some ser- sort of approach is the wrong word. Um, ambition is the right word. Some serious aesthetic ambition with uh, a narrative that has something to say. So I'm thinking of um, early cartoons, kind of going back to animation, which I mean has some has some connections with with video games in the same yes. way that it has uh, a lot of connections with the film. You know the the early animations. Like think about you know. Uh, Warner Brothers, like Looney Tunes, stuff like that. Um, there's a serious aesthetic ambition there. A lot of those, a lot of that is very like classically done. There's a lot of allusions and and big ideas and big attempts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah,
1: and it's not just the the early cartoons. It's also the Japanese cartoons. Like I was reading uh, a book of essays by Hayao Miyazaki, mm-hmm. and and like he talked a lot about like how a lot like a lot of Matt Christmas concerns were were mirrored by Hayao Miyazaki. He's, he was he was asking himself like. Why am I working in this field and why am I doing the th- this thing that a lot of people just like consume and consume and consume and end up being alienated from society? Hmm. And he, he references his ambition as that, he cares, for that uh, for the, uh, he cares for the future generations, for the children. And what he wants to do is through the works that he's doing, move something inside their hearts to do something different with their lives and not accept the conditions that they've been placed under –
0: yeah, it yeah, I mean that seems to that seems to be the sort of narrative move, right, where it's like it's not just cuz there there's there's some similarities between, you know, uh, a Chuck Close and um uh uh not Chuck Close, that's the wrong word. Um it, Chuck it, Jones, it. Chuck Jones. Yeah. Um and and Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. Uh but there's also this this distinction where like Looney Tunes has a has a really serious ambition, but it's all in representation. It's not telling stories that are meant to like key into the hearts of, of of the youth or like the people watching it, whereas something like Spirited Away or something like uh Princess Mononoke is meant to kind of key in either on like, you know, Issues of emotion, or issues of environment, or issues of there's also uh, gender is in there. There's yeah. all sorts of stuff going on. Friends yeah, trip, uh, right? yeah. I
1: mean, like there's a there's a cartoon. There's a really stupid cartoon. Like I wouldn't call it stupid because I actually kind of adore it deep in my darkest depths of my heart. <laughs> it's uh, it's called the Adventures of Rainbow Pond. Okay. Now, <laughs> the name immediately is like what the what the hell is this? I've but never it, heard of it. Yeah, it, it's re- it, it's probably it's a Japanese cartoon made by Tatsunoko, and it okay. was a. Uh, like, I, I forgot this cartoon for the longest time, but when I looked back on it, I became Slavoj Zizek, and I was like, my God, this is ideology, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> because, was good. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I was going to do the snort, but I decided not to. <laughs> I, you know, you don't want to gild the lily, but that was, that was excellent. Uh, but, uh, like, the, the, what, is the, what is the story of The Adventures of Rainbow Pond? You have Jonathan and Hillary, two frogs who live in a pond. This pond is, uh, has two different strata of society. Uh, you have like the poor, which is the Jonathan and his toy making father, and you have the rich, which is Hillary, and which is Hillary. Okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. And like her king, her father, who's the king of the town, and the okay. king of the town is a real son of a bitch in this cartoon. Like he's really cruel and vicious <laughs> and evil. But the, uh, who's who's the advisor of the king? A lobster. The lobster is who, the guy who's influencing the king to do evil stuff to the town to maintain his control. And then, through the, throughout the series, we find out that the king was uh, the lobster. The king was actually being held ransom by a catfish. Who, who the, who's, whose agent was the lobster? Okay, and, all right. And how, and how the fuck did this get past the censors and put on TV? Like I'll never understand.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty serious. It's like some skull <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So
1: it's it, it's uh it's stuff like that. Like uh, there, there's uh he writes a lot about the uh, about why he's doing what he's doing and what he hopes to accomplish. Not just in terms of aesthetics, but also in terms of steering the soul of the person that he's. Uh, of he, uh, the soul of the audience that he's trying to reach, but I like that term, steering the soul. That's, yeah, that's really interesting. That's actually the book end of what I w- want to talk about. But there's something else I just want to move on to uh, because, yes. like, I'll move to the soul part at the very end. Uh, at the very end. Um, so. When uh, so uh, so yeah I mean like when I grew up I played like all sorts of games that helped inform me and inform a lot of other people that uh, developed our uh, uni- uh, that culturalized us even even if in a in a middle brow way like for example underground music culture through jet-set Radio street mm. graffiti culture like uh, rapper the rapper with zany psychedelic whatever like it's it, this culturalization process happened okay. and then. Came a really, really like important breaking point. That is nine eleven. Okay. Now, uh, 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 now, and the the thing that happened with nine eleven is that afterwards there came about a bunch of games that kind of still continue until today. That kind of like you can imagine the situation where you're where you're playing with your friends in a room. And you're playing video games in which, like, sorry if I'm going to take a little bit of a political turn, but like, that's okay. Uh, where you're playing and you're like shoot, you're you're seeing a vision of your uh, of of uh, Arabs and Muslims and stuff like that. That's not what reality is, mm-hmm. and that's not fair to you, uh, fair. Uh, and that's like an Iraqi guy is talking in an Egyptian accent and like. Right. Um, it's the, you know the, if you've ever seen the movie real bad arabs r-e-e-l bad arabs you know what i'm talking about like,
0: like <laughs> i mean it's it's so sloppy i think like you know nothing is more sloppy than the writing on military triple a games and certainly no more so than around 2001 so it does not surprise me even a little to hear that although it is i i can only imagine how frustrating and upsetting that is
1: yeah, well, you know, like, uh, like, uh, look, uh, look uh, like, uh, at the end of the day, like, Al Qaeda are a bunch of bad dudes. Like, they deserve whatever, like, you know, bad things happen to them because they're evil, vicious people. Right. But, uh, but the co- the question is, is that what's what we what started we started seeing was that these mass media started play uh, started like constantly delivering a uh, what you call it a simulacra of the Arab and Islamic world mm-hmm. that is not based in reality. Right. that is based off of cartoon uh, vilification and uh, uh and like we were we were sitting there and we we're uh, me and uh, me and a bunch of people now well, i don't want to say me because i don't want to make it all about me and stuff like that but anecdotally you can uh, it's it's okay <laughs> like me and a bunch of people were like what the hell is going on here it was quite upsetting because like it, uh, he, okay uh, they, uh, it's sort of like seeing this narrative start to play up and start to, seeing the negative it wasn't just from video games it' was also from mass media in general like this yes. constant vilification this constant like in telling uh, telling us uh, who we are that isn't we are as normal people living normal lives and some, um, you know, <laughs> it, it, like it, it's not all dust and like grime and like, <laughs> and like people's uh, incoherently blabbering. Like it, that, that's also another thing that was awesome. Like a lot of these guys who are supposedly Middle Eastern, I don't understand a word that they're saying at the video games. <laughs> like, it, <Right. laughs> like, it, like it's basically like team America, world police, like <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it, it yeah so it was uh, it was upsetting uh, because like it but it also set off a kind of spark what is the spark the spark of what is the narrative that is uh, that is being said about us and what is the narrative that we are saying about ourselves Mm. so when i moved to egypt and like and I got to experience what real, like in your face, full on, like crazy police state is like. And I, and through video games, through playing, through the arcades, through the stuff that they don't normally like, pay attention to. I met people who are, who who share that kind of like outlook. Yeah, why why is this vilification going on? Why 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 can't we tell our stories of who we actually are and t- tell stories of normal uh, people who are doing good things and Why can't we delve deeper into Arab Islamic history and tell, you know, uh, the stories of the uh, positive aspects and not just make it all about, like, uh, the narrative of uh, what what Osama bin Laden wants the narrative to be, which is about him and his group only. Right. And the vilification that, in the end, is exactly the reason why many of these Gamergate creeps have huge, like, super racist against Muslims, because, like, they've been programmed into this, into this, like... uh, uh, into this uh, behave, into this line of thinking through the constant vilification that they've been exposed to through video
0: games and through films. Yeah, no, and it it, it truly was like I I I'm glad you bring it up because like it really was for anyone who's it, weirdly this is happening more and more, which is bizarre to me. Living, I, I think we're probably about the same age, uh, based on your recollections and my recollections. But uh, it, a lot of people, so, so my students generally. Uh, will not have experienced anything of 9/11 that they can remember they were like three or whatever yeah. um, which is strange to me it's just like it's a it's a weird frame of thought for me because of course it changed like the the entire landscape changed to a, a one that was very very uh, pro-american and very very um, uh, suspicious to say the least and uh, you know violently you uh, fearful and hateful of to say the most, uh, Islam. And so yeah. like a, of, and like anything that he appeared to be Islam. And so like all the, and I mean, like, you know, you, you look at films made before nine 11 and the bad guys are Chinese or the bad guys are Russian. Right. Yeah. Um, and then post nine eleven, it turns on a dime. Everyone is Muslim or, uh, vaguely Arab. Um, and, and it just, it, it's like instantaneous and total.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, like I now I understand what's the process in which the like I I now understand what's the centuries long process that anti-Semitism took until it ended the way that it ended mm-hmm. because it uh, started with these kind of strange creepy stories and it started with these kinds of like. Oh look out the gypsy will take your children and like right <laughs> and yeah. like and like <laughs> I, I i like i don't use the word gypsy and i mean like i use the word gypsy as if i was a guy from back then i don't Sure uh, yeah no
0: don't worry <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but uh-huh. yeah no and and, and the, the 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 sort of rumors of and false rumors of books like the protocols of the elders of zion and things like that this sort of yeah. like long sedimented uh history of of misinformation lies stuff like that yeah. absolutely yeah
1: yeah, and it's like – but at the same time, what's so weird is that that level of – there's no attempt by the uh, – this comes to the point of why I think that the people who are reactionary are reactionary. And to me, it's not because of video games the way that Matt Crispin tries to put it. It's not because they're – not just because they're stuck in a room and like they, they have – it's because also they've been – programmed into this by the cynical aspects of capitalism they've hmm. been programmed because you know sex sells enemies sell violence sells so you have the you ha- you have the perfect conditions in which you have to make these enemies so you can sell your video games and big bad guy etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: yeah and I think I think what's really cool, yeah you know one of the things that I think comes out in contemporary video games and I've brought this up with a couple people um, I don't know how many of the episodes have come out where I do but like or people have brought it up to me, is, like, in contemporary versions of, like, you know, your battlefields or your Call of Duties or whatever, um, the... there's this move to sort of, like, at least do a pro forma questioning of, uh... uh... military... what's the... purpose, let's say. Um, where it's like, oh, are we doing the right thing? Is there any, like, merit to war or whatever? Or, you know, turn it around on you and make you question, like, oh, am I doing the right thing as a player? Um... But even that is sort of like a version of making it okay, where, like, yeah. ap- after twenty after 2011, it was like everyone felt okay to be, like, hateful. And, you know, uh, 15 years later, it's like, well, you sort of need a different kind of license. And it's all this sort of licensing and allowing of uh, a certain kind of, like, narrative to be formed.
1: Yeah, like, uh, so, like, now that I've established that, you know, these things, these explosions don't happen immediately. They tend to take a while. Like, it... They they tend to take a while in terms of building up the vilification process uh, until until you have a generation of kids who are brought up thinking that, oh, those Muslims, that sort of thing. (laughs) Right. Uh, uh, Also, I I get excitable, so please excuse me if I make funny voices and stuff like that.
0: No, please excuse me if I laugh at your funny voices.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm an animator. Give me a break. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So... Uh, what you call it so we, we we went through what was the whole vilification process and like the group the collective uh, revulsion at this kind of picture that's being painted like hey i i don't live in a some kind of backwards place i i have a normal life i go to the sh- like i have access to normal life things i love drawing i love like doing normal person things. I'm not in a dust bowl where there's like <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you. You get what I mean. I do, I do. Like my family aren't like huddled in a corner. Like we go about and we do our daily lives. We have an IKEA down the corner. Like it's <laughs> 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 like uh, so. So when I went to Egypt especially, and I uh, and I saw what full like there's a huge difference in the way that the regime of Egypt approaches its population with the regi- uh, with with the wherever, wherever I'm from. Uh-huh. Uh, as the, the Egyptian regime is full on in your face, like police state, like Chile 1000%, mm. like, uh, like you have a situation where people every, like, imagine if every Sunday you went out of church and there was 30 riot police waiting for you always Oof. like uh, and there uh, uh, like really in your face, vulgar fascism, like it's insane, right? right. But while I was over there and through the through the collective play experience of video games and through the collective culturalization experience of video games, uh, you know, you meet people who share the similar outlook on life and similar outlook on experiences as you do. And it's and instead of being this kind of alienating experience in which you're huddled in a room alone, it opens you to other people who have gone through this kind of like something's not right, something's not the way that it should be. Something the narrative is wrong. This isn't who we are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And through meeting people like this, uh, people who are creative in different fields, like it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just like uh, whatever. It's artists, musicians, dreamers of different sorts and different skills. So through these types of meetings, you analyze why is the narrative the way that it is, and you realize that the narrative that you've been sold is is disgusting in terms of two different aspects you have the narrative that is homespun which is a narrative that is that is uh, created to lie to you and to dehumanize you and you have the narrative that is ex- uh, from the exterior from the games and the movie industries abroad that is demeaning to you
0: right uh does that make sense or it does yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely I mean, All it's, right. a, it's, a, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a very, um, it's not a landscape. I think we hear often in in the states because it's it's sort of like a version of the reality on the ground that we only get through the the hyper parody of film, right? Like I think a lot of us up, you know, up through maybe up except maybe the Arab Spring, none of us really had any feeling for what went on in the Middle East. It wasn't yeah. like you know some of us are are more interested than others like you know uh yeah of course my my friend derek davison uh on twitter clearly like studies a lot about the middle east probably has a better sense of it than i do but like culturally from like an aesthetic or or aesthetics the wrong word cultural sense or or a popular sense it always was the sort of version of a police state that is both not extreme enough and also too extreme in, in the way that you're describing it's really interesting
1: yeah. It's, uh, so, like, when you when we started studying the narrative and started like that, made us kind of like start to examine our history and our like culture and stuff like that in a much more critical and analy- analytical sense. Yeah. Because because the social science in the Middle East is not a, is not available because of the inherent societal challenges it provides to the people in power. Right. Uh, so like, what call it? Uh, uh, right. So, so it it. it mm. So we, we started asking ourselves, like, why can't, why don't we have these, like, video games that can tell a different story? Why, why don't we have this, like, ma- uh, animations that can, like, deliver to the world a different narrative on who we are and what we're about? That's, that, and, it, it, like, a little bit later, you start to realize that the, I, have you ever seen a BBC documentary uh, about, like, how should I put it? Like, it's, the, it's a BBC documentary about architecture. And the guy who leads this documentary is a very snarky, like high, super posh British guy. I forgot his name, uh, but he he made some really interesting documentaries available on YouTube about uh, about like Stalinist and uh, and Nazi and uh, and uh, postmodern and, and brutalist architecture. Okay. Yeah. And he. Uh, and w- when you start reading about things like simulacra and, uh, and you start reading about things like hypernormalization, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you realize that we're not like we're living in a re- in a narrative in a reality that was constructed to demean the person, and that wasn't constructed to cre- to deliver that life affirming or people affirming or em- or empathy affirming narrative.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I like that you I like that you described you, you used the word simulacra earlier and I thought it was really really well done. Um, we were talking earlier and you said you might name drop Baudrillard uh, Jean Baudrillard the the, the Fremish, yeah. uh, French French uh, theorist um, and and you have uh, yeah. in in terms of this idea of the simulacra and and you, you discussed this sort of like simulacra of of um, what Islam is. And I I really liked that because it was like, it it reminded me a lot of this, um, of what, of what Baudrillard says about um, uh, Disneyland, right? Or Disney world where like, it's not, it actually is like more natural than natural, right? Like the trees are fake, which makes the people there feel that they're more natural because they're more perfect. Right. And so like people's expectations of islam are more true than like the messy reality of like who they who they you know meet in the streets or who they might meet if they actually went out of their way um because it's it it's perfect it's true it's like it the you know the the narrative is fuller than anything or not fuller but um more more legible than anything that the the world is going to give them
1: well, yeah, I mean, I was mostly uh, – uh, I was more thinking in lines of how, like, authoritarian regimes build a fake reality oh, that yeah, sure. uh, that lies to its population about the reality of what things are, et cetera, et cetera, and that kind of, like, pre-programs in them a demeaning existence that doesn't uh, – that doesn't uh, give them that kind of opportunity to break out of the shell of what these re- regimes tend to want out of them.
0: Great. Yeah, no, I, I think that's – I think that's, like – my problem with Baudrillard is I always shy away from the from the obvious points he's making, and like they're always the more salient ones. So I'm happy that you said that because that's a much better reading. Um, yeah. Uh, so so like when we when we investigated this, like we started re- uh, uh, like
1: I'm super like thankful that I managed eventually to get even like a sophomoric level of social science understanding because that's what started like. Oh, we can't express ourselves, we can't deliver like music and films and video games that really give a different narrative to the demeaning narrative that's coming from the outside because we have things such as lack of freedom of expression, lack of this, lack of human rights, lack of this, lack of this, lack of this. So in a way, video games open the door. To to understanding that in many ways, uh, we're crippled in our ability to express ourselves musically, artistically, socially, blah, 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 because of the situation that people are in, mm-hmm. because of the way that the political uh, construct or the political fake reality that is, built, uh, that is built, that we were born into. Yeah, No, uh, absolutely. And like this is my main beef with what uh, what uh, what Matt Chrisman is saying, because he's saying that you know uh, like that uh, that video games provide for you a fake reality in which you can escape to and like never get out of it, etc. But of course, like he's right. Like to, uh, if you're living in the United States where you're, where all of your freedoms are guaranteed, where the possibilities of life are somewhat open to you, then yeah, he makes a point. But when you're born in a situation where you're like you're you don't have any of these things. Then they can provide an opposite narrative because it opens the door to experiences and, and narratives that break open the the fake reality that these construct that these political constructs have put you in without you noticing because you were born into them.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. I, I think like, I think, yeah, you know, two things. The I guess that's the one thing I'll say like because it's something that I've been thinking a lot when you, when you've been uh, going through this and and you really kind of like brought it out fully for me there, which is like. There's a way that video games are sort of like this experience of what we were calling middle brow before. Just this sort of, you know, thing that you can experience with your friends. I mean, there's something about video games that, and we don't talk about it a lot, but something that's so cool about just being able to get a bunch of people in a room and everyone's going to get it. It's not like putting them in front of a Bergman movie where like, oh, okay, like the two people who like film are going to enjoy it and the rest are going to like think it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's there for everyone and like actually people who you know, don't have particular privileges here or there, like the same privileges we might expect or appreciate in um or not appreciate as the case may be in america uh don't have there's like a a limit there that might be really like it might be expansive in a way that we're not really willing to or able to appreciate,
1: yeah, and the like' and it's it's not just in terms of being in a group also it's being like when you're playing a game alone and you're playing Zelda the Wind Waker. And like you're sailing through the ocean, and it's dark and scary and weird. But then the sun rises, and the spirit of adventure takes you. Like this is a part of the thing that I that I don't like. about, like I'm not gonna say don't like that part of my disagreement with Matt. I mean like uh, of course it's uh, of course like if you get addicted to these feelings and you only attain them through video games, then that's a problem. But uh, but to many people, like when I was uh, like in terms of a personal experience, like Zelda: The Wind Waker. Changed a lot of things. Changed some some things in my life. Like when you're sailing out into the ocean, and you're and you're like going through this dark and scary ocean, but then the sun starts to rise and the music swells and like the spirit of adventure fills you. This like is a real emotion that can carry into different parts of your life, especially Mm. if you haven't felt this kind of like adventurous feeling that you're normally discouraged from feeling through the political uh, through the construct that you're. Uh, living in, uh, it, like, it, like, uh, just to make it a little bit uh, like personal for me, like, uh, whenever uh, I, uh, I don't like flying, but mm-hmm. my favorite part of flying is the landing because when it, we're landing, we see the we see the clouds start to approach the plane, and for some reason my brain starts to play the theme of the Wind Waker. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun, <laughs> so... Like yes, the the feeling isn't real, but the effect it has on you as a person is real. Hmm. And that's the re- that's the thing that he's not quite getting. Like he's uh, he's uh, well, I wouldn't say he's not quite getting. I don't want to be too strong. Like I like I really adore the guy.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, no 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 I I th- I think I think it's it's pretty clear that it's it's a it's an agreeable disagreement. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the feeling and these attainments of these feelings are what uh, are the real things that they affect and change you in these different ways hmm. uh, and they make and they inform your life and develop your tastes and artistically and aesthetically in very real ways even though that they're not as cool as seeing the original product you're getting something from the video games that help that at least stir something inside of you and this was this kind of stirring That me uh, that not me because I'm not uh, some kind of superhero, but uh, like uh, the uh, the group uh, I'm talking about abstractly, me, we, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That these collect uh, these groups, collectivized groups, uh, through our shared collective play, figured out that the situation is not what it should be. That we have serious issues like uh, being able to express ourselves due to the constructs that we've been born into, and like. We're not able to, uh, and all of that came about because of a collective want to, for example, make games or make art or make whatever. Mm. And it was through the experience of trying to start the process that we discovered the limits of the situation.
0: Uh, am I making sense? You're making total sense. And I think, you know, one of the, I, I, I think maybe the most elemental disagreement you have with with chrisman is about the potential for art in which case you actually sort of line up with me a lot more clearly than you do with chrisman uh wherein the the point of art is to produce recognition of those limits and i think for for chrisman he sort of says this at the end he you know this is people people and i I mentioned this in another podcast i probably shouldn't mention anymore but the uh the you know people got a little annoyed with me for not pushing back on him harder um and no,
1: I, I think he makes a lot of sense. Like I'm yeah. I i do
0: not have a specific like he's wrong. No. Like he, Well and I yeah, and I think like part of the reason that I didn't push back on him was for the same reason and and the the ultimate moment where I I, you know, asked him a question and I thought either he's gonna answer in a way that makes it like you know, that I can argue with or that's going to be a totally absolute position. And he took the absolute position where I said, Is any art is it plausible for any art to produce good political outcomes? And he basically says, you know, like in my in my darkest moments, I think no, and and,
1: I, and this is where I disagree with him. Yes, because me too. And I think that's
0: we, I think that's important because in
1: the in reality, when 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 uh, when me or we abstractly as a group of generation or whatever had to uh, try had to brush up against the limitations of our environment through the process through the collective process of trying to create the works of art that, uh, similar works of art to the works of art that have affected us and try to change the narrative. That's when we started. Looking back at older pieces of art that were created in, in times where the, where the restrictions were looser, mm-hmm. like what a lot of people don't know is that Egyptian cinema uh, is actually really awesome up until the up until the military regime. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so uh, like so that uh, so it's. Seeing the potential there, and seeing the will and the want to change the narrative, and, to, and boiling at the fact that we're being demeaned uh, from behind and from in front, stirred something in our souls. It st- uh, like it stirred something in collectively the Arab generation souls. And like, there's something wrong going on. There's something. The narrative about us isn't true about anything. Like the the uh, the, the forces that be are lying to us, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And, like, I was there in Egypt and I was seeing people gather in collective action through, like, little things like book reading and, like, intellectual fermentation start to happen through silly things like video games, like uh, movies, like, like why can't we do better than this? It's because so-and-so. Why can't we make things? Because so-and-so. Why can't we? And then, Hmm. like, of course, I'm talking from a purely bougie uh, perspective because, like… uh, because there's also the fact that there's huge amounts of poverty and why can't we talk about this huge amount of poverty because so, uh, the censor so and so won't be blah 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 be, be, be. and then our spring like the, this was like when the guy when the guy in, like think about how ridiculous the story is this it's six year s- cyclone of blood happened because a guy in Tunisia a vegetable seller in Tunisia lit himself on fire. Hmm. Think about it. Like, this doesn't... It doesn't come out of a clear blue sky. It's because, like, that guy, his story, his story, his narrative was so telling of the environment that people were living in that just, like, suddenly, like, the the fake reality just shattered. Like, we can't take it anymore! Like, everybody just exploded because it was it was as if like the tragedy became too much right and and the and, and like people were demeaned too much and uh, and like people uh, people were tired of being lied to and being demeaned from front and from back and from center and like they exploded it was a huge explosion out of nowhere because a guy lit
0: himself on fire in tunisia on a market street yeah um, and i i i like the the sort of implication there that you can't explain that you can't explain that without a recognition that comes from art or that a recognition that sort of like approaches knowledge in the way that art does let me say that like it, it's an epistemological model that frames like awareness and knowledge not as this absolute thing that you know either you have it or you don't but that comes about through Different experiences and drips and drabs in ways you wouldn't quite expect. Yeah,
1: and it's like it was the breaking point in which like a lot of youth no longer accepted to have their lives and narratives formed by people who don't have their best interests in mind, or like who who want to control what what the narrative about them is—that they're helpless, that they can't do anything, that all of everything that they can hope to accomplish is thanks to. What uh, the powers that be and et etc cetera, et cetera. like it was a huge shock to the region Like because uh, in a way that's stirring in people's souls that wanting to see something better or something a little bit like to express themselves no matter what and after like being like a pressure cooker that's the guy literally sets things off mm-hmm. uh, right here's the point that I want to get at Th- this I think will be a good way to so unfortunately as you know the Arab Spring quickly turned into a disaster yeah and in so many different ways it's literally like i don't I don't think it's better than I think it's actually worse than eighteen forty eight was to probably a generation of europeans uh yeah.
0: like I don't know whether I'm making a right analogy or not no, I mean you're not wrong it's there's a there are a lot of theorists that would suggest that eighteen forty eight was the moment where you get. It's the last moment where the bourgeoisie kind of acts as a, as a world historical force against capital. And then at the main, at the exact same moment, the same, at that, at the exact same moment, the instant where the bourgeoisie becomes like the domineering force of capital, like 1848 kind of is both of those things. And so mm. like, that's a, a real problem.
1: Well, no, I, don't know. <laughs> I wasn't thinking in terms of, like, hardcore Marxist, like, Oh, no, no, no. I'm, uh, just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like,
0: there's, like, there's a way, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I always am, so I, I, I sort of, like, yeah. I, get, I get confused, but, like, the, you know, there's a way, there's a way that that analysis is this, it, it frames 1848 as this great potential, this sort of world historical potential that ultimately produces a different world, but one that if it's not worse, is just, like, is not acceptable or, or also, like, a failure in its own right.
1: Yeah. Uh, but let me tell you about a the period in which things were going well. Like, okay. for one year or something like that. Where Like, when the Egyptian regime was, uh, quote-unquote, toppled for a little bit, when there was much more freedom, suddenly you had this experience in which people were, like, interested in... Exp- like, you had musicians kick- coming out with kick-ass, like, music all of a sudden. Like, there's a guy... Uh, well, he he kind of turned weird nowadays. But there was a Tunisian like underground rapper called El General, okay. and like uh, the general, and, and like he, he's a hard like people were coming out with interesting music. The, the dialogue was happening. The narrative of who Arabs can be was changing. Like suddenly, it's no longer like an Al Qaeda and the ISIS and people. Well, they didn't exist back then, but Al Qaeda and people like that were losing the narrative, mm-hmm. and the and the regimes that said that were a bunch of like sheep who needed to be herded or like. I probably shouldn't use the word original. I'm probably gonna get in trouble with saying. But who cares? Anyways, <laughs> uh, like uh, said, we were children that needed to be herded. Like there's an Arabic word called رعاية, which is basically like the our Yara uh, Al which is like to herd the sheep. So Raaya mm-hmm. is kind of like you're herding the the citizenry or something okay. like that. Okay. So the narrative was changing. Like suddenly, I, like for the first time in forever like, the Arab world, and, the, like, Arabs and Muslims, felt, well, I wouldn't say Muslims because they're... Uh, the Middle East, Middle East, felt a sense of uh, agency and the ability to, ch- to change themselves and change the narrative of who they are to the world in a way that didn't exist before. Mm. And I remember, and this happened because we, uh, through, like, I'm not gonna say everybody, but, like, to my group, my bougie, like, middle class, comfortable <laughs> group, uh, like, it's because we tasted... Something that resembled agency and act- uh, actionable agency and self—not self-fulf- self-fulfillment—but actionable agency through the collective playing of video games. Interesting. Uh, and through uh, and through our desire to create works that touched people and, and, and gave them mechanisms for empathy with other people who aren't like the, uh, like them, and through. People who want to change the narrative to something else. Like, uh, for, I remember it was in twenty. Like, it was i I was in Egypt in Alexandria, walking through a dusty street, passing by the 1978 Fiat, black and white Fiat taxis that normally had like one window to the side broken because they were terrible drivers, <laughs> and like, uh, and I was uh, and a friend was showing me into a vid- into an old apartment building, very tight. We went upstairs in the mosaic tiles on not mosaic tiles the dusty tiles on the floor and we enter in this room and we see a video game development group that was working on a Facebook game okay. and the Facebook game wasn't uh, wasn't like farm uh, farmville
0: or whatever it's called was it farmville i forgot i'm uh, trying to remember if, if you're right i got silent cuz i'm I, yeah, Farmville. That's right. Whatever.
1: Whatever. Final Fantasy 16. Let's call it. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it. It wasn't Farmville or stuff like that. It was a game where you play a protester, and you play oh. the protester, who's who's who, who. It's kind of like a Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, imagine uh, Crypto the Necro Dancer. But instead of uh, instead of like going through a dungeon, you're going down a street, and by doing the right actions at the right time, you're gathering people to fight off against the masses of right police, uh, right, muhabarat and right police and uh, and stuff like that who are trying to stop you. Wow. Yeah, and it looked interesting. Of course, it's still a Facebook game, but it still looked interesting. Uh, uh, but think about what that says. That suddenly. the 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 medium of video games wasn't put towards putting you in a room and alienating you into the side. It was putting towards developing a narrative in which you're empowered to change your life. Developing a narrative in which you're not a you're not like you don't have to accept the the situation that you're in. You, You don't have to accept that you can be like taken in the middle of the night and taken to some Egyptian dungeon somewhere and tortured. You don't have to accept these things. The narrative can be different. You're not a slave to the state. Sorry, I'm being too excitable.
0: No, I, <laughs> I'm not interrupting you because it's it's really good. Yeah, like you don't have to live like this. You don't have to live like. You don't have
1: to accept the situation that you're in. Yeah. And and even though it's not activism, even though you're not getting off your chair, you're planting something, stirring in other people's souls, that can, that no longer that the the man uh, the, that the the black wielding stick wielding like thugs. Are these monstrous people who uh, like you demean their power over you mm-hmm. through the narratives that you're developing, and you're giving people that impact because you're interacting. To you're giving it like you're g- making them taste that power through the interaction of video games. Hmm. And and I don't mean that all video games have to be some kind of super political in-your-face like thing, but
0: like there are subtler ways of doing it. But you get what I mean. No, I do, and I think the the way I the way I'd put it, and I you know, like I said, I'm not, uh, you know, don't feel, don't feel self-conscious that I wasn't talking then. That was just really, really good impassioned speech. I, uh, you're really good at this. Um, I don't know how many podcasts you've been on, but, uh, no, this, is, this is my first time. See, I got the feeling it was, but I just want to tell you, you're really good at it. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, I had a, well, I didn't have a professor, but I had someone who studied under this professor who wrote a book called Imagine Otherwise, uh, literary, uh, criticism. Um, and, um, the idea of the that being a dictum for art because i think that was her point it's a woman named candace chu um her point about art and particularly for her uh, sort of like asian american uh literature um the point was that it helps you imagine the world otherwise that that was the point of art um and i think that's like that's really powerful in thinking about what you've sort of laid out practically too which is like it's not just this sort of like it can be, and, and you know, certainly if anyone's listened to this podcast before, it's it's like it's excuse me, um something I'm very interested in thinking about pure aesthetics and pure sort of like theoretical ways that one could imagine otherwise. There's like a phenomenological argument or whatever, like I could bring Hegel into it. But the the larger point of saying, like, yeah, actually like you could practically imagine a better world by way of the hypotheticals that art gives you um, and, and seeing how that happens via video games is just, I, I really think that's a powerful uh, material example you've given us.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I'm not going to say it like video games is the key to life and stuff like that, but uh, no, like it, it, like, that. not, not, and <laughs> not everything happens in a vacuum, but mm. I, but uh, like you have the combination of music, you have the combination of real life happenings of social political events, but like, video games is something and the impact like i don't know whether you've uh, like you played undertale mm-hmm. there's yeah. no way you can tell that story and make it be as impactful unless you're pressing the button that says hug or something like that like there's no way <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like... no you need you can't yeah undertale would make a bad movie undertale makes an excellent video game
1: yeah uh so but here's the thing that i want to get at and i think this is going to be like the Oh, and, and like this also is kind of like my way of responding to to uh, Crispin's emphasis that there is no uh, uh, that there it's missing solidarity, uh, and uh, that video games deprive you of the ability to be solidarity with other people because as uh, what I hope I did was like show that through the medium video games you can build the empathy functions that will give people the the, the stirring of the soul needed to soli- uh, to to show solidarity with with the weak and uh, against. Like, the for- the forces that be, so to
0: speak. Hmm. Most of the critiques Matt's gotten have been these, like, sort of... I guess uh, uh, some of the critiques came out in, in, like, my last episode with Scott Benson and stuff like that. But specific critiques to his work are just from people saying, like, well, I like video games and I'm a good person, so I don't know what you're talking about. This is the first, like, real substantive account of his analysis that I've heard that, like... Actually takes his analysis specifically into consideration and then produces a plausible counter narrative.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, look at the end of the day, people are people, and I don't think that <sighs> you're going to have your assholes and you're going to have your good guys. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> and no, I mean, like, it, like here's no, the thing. I... Here's the thing. Like, he he makes the case that video games develop the gamer who is reactionary and like uh, does Nazi memes on 4chan and stuff like that, but. I'm from Saudi Arabia and I still got the hint that Hitler was a bad guy who did bad things <laughs> and I don't think uh, and uh, like and that anti-Semitism is wrong and like uh, like murdering people and like yeah you, you know at the end of the day there's something deeper going on that it, it, that video games doesn't necessarily explain that is the uh, causing these reactionary crazies to come about right what I want to get at at the end of all this is that like, I think I've gone through everything directly that I wanted to respond to but now I want to kind of delve into like, here's the thing though, Uh, like what I explained to you about the games and like the sudden outburst of like creativity and stuff like that and the sudden showing of hope that came about for like a year and like, especially in the last four years that's just so been so thoroughly fucking defeated on every front, like Imagine going through a year and a half of your life knowing that, like, oh my god, we're actually gonna get like freedom, we're actually gonna get democracy, oh shit, we're gonna do it, guys, we're not, and then, like, oh, 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 guess yeah. what? You're gonna live a life that's not that's worse than the one that you came into Ugh. because this time the guys who, uh, the guys who didn't pay attention out of a false sense of security, are now paying attention. Right. And this time, like, uh, uh, at this time, like, social media is completely under control. Like, you have, like, uh, what's going on now is that, like, especially after the failure of the Arab Spring to to change the big heavyweights of the region, like, uh, due to many factors, but, like, Now the violence is like what was once like what was what now the violence is naked. And now Mm. the 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 situation is really bad in a lot of different ways. Like and but the thing that's even more damning is that now the opposition know are, are doubling down on the emphasis of controlling and developing a narrative that puts people in that catatonic state so like for example uh, in terms of twitter and stuff like that in social media like i don't believe in the power of social media to change things like that's my chrisman analysis like, <laughs>
0: like i think like, he'd agree with you
1: yeah i mean like uh, if you if you ever browse uh, like except in certain countries where there's still like a little bit of room given to to criticism you have a situation in that many middle eastern countries now have developed entire wings of their ministries of interior to nothing but social media mm-hmm. and uh, and you have this and you have this effort now by like the, uh, now the, uh, this effort now by the powers that be uh, to develop pro entertainment <laughs> sure so you have a situation where certain countries have like and you can look this up on Google have opened something called the Ministry of Happiness.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> I am not lying to you. <laughs> like, That's it's great. literally called that. Like and you uh, it, so now what's going on is that because the the narrative because the Arab Spring failed what they what they're trying to do is shape the narrative to make people have entertainment but without anything that steers the soul so what are they doing they're doing things like bringing in uh, like uh, monster truck racing yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like no, it's
0: seriously like, that 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 proly like that much of a, a sort of like
1: oh my god like wow it, interesting like it not only the it's like the double fist of censorship plus proly
0: Wow, interesting.
1: And, and what's worse is that because the powers that be control ninety nine percent of all the media, and you can't publish anything online, uh, social media wise, unless you really want to go disappear into the night. And like, <laughs> uh, uh, it's like, it, it, it becomes a situation in which they are now reframing everything that's happened into like all of these people who rose up and gave up their lives for just like to not be treated like dirt are now Mm. going to be, the narrative has now turned into it's either us or ISIS. Oh. Hmm. And it's either us or complete collapse. The the narrative that they're trying to sell us is changing in a way that's really, really horrific and uh, really demoralizing. And Sorry, I'm starting to get emotional because I'm thinking like us as video game makers or – I'm not a video game maker. uh, Us as creatives, we are double responsible now because the children that are coming up in the future, especially thanks to the failure of the earth spring, are going to be born in a situation that's infinitely worse than the the situation we've been brought up to. They're Mm -hmm. going to be born into a reality where things like total societal collapse – where sarin gas, where being like sh- uh, sh- uh, taken to a facility to get tortured to death and then shoved into an oven is a reality. Is real.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So what do we tell these children? What do we tell the Syrian kids who cannot return to Syria anymore? What do we tell the Egyptian kid who's, who if he even looks at, an, uh, at a military person funny, he's going to get taken into... What do we tell these guys what we we can't give them the kind of mass mobilization and solidarity and like collective action that Matt Crispin is looking for because there's either or situation happening here if mm. you do these collective uh, endeavors to change regimes you die or you get tortured, right. or you get right t- but what you can do as a creative person is keep stirring something in these children and give them a narrative of hope. Even if it's small, even if it's tiny, you give them something that, I don't know, like to live a life that's quietly brave in the face of this like immense darkness that they're going to be thrown into. So like if we can tell the little Saudi kid that like you don't need to... You go out, try to go out and get, uh, get a like. Try to go out and live a normal life. Find a girl and walk in the st- like, uh, or tell the girl that can't drive like you can be somebody. You can be something more than what you've been put into. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day, that's all that can be offered to them at this point. And I think that by delivering them that and helping the, helping them, not only give them a a subtle narrative of self empowerment and self actualization to make them taste what that feels like. And there's articles out where the where Syrian kids who are playing Minecraft feel a sense of control in their lives that they haven't felt in a long time. Yeah. But if we can deliver something of that, even a simulacra of what hope is, so that 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 the that, uh, molten Heart, uh, lo- uh, that the fire in their hearts don't get put out completely by the sheer misery that they're gonna be be bor- uh, have to live out. So, I think us as creatives, if we can deliver that type of narrative of hope to kids, and that we can subtly communicate to them that the narrative that they're born into and the demeaning merit narrative that's coming from the uh, from uh, from uh, from the uh, from the outside isn't who they are then at least we can keep some embers flowing so that they have that sense that they are human beings who deserve some kind of dignity in this life. You know what's really heartbreaking is that the stories of the people who tried to deliver some form of humanity and human dignity and freedom is going to be forgotten. And the narrative is now going to be about more about ISIS than it will be about the people who thought they could deliver freedom. That's what's really, really heartbreaking. And that's what I yeah. think most of the media will focus on internally and externally for the foreseeable future. And if we can make children believe, have some form of hope, we can give them something that che- that moves the fire of humanity in their hearts and make them live quietly, brave lives, then I think that, above all else, is something that can be delivered through middle-brow culture and middle, uh, such as video games and animation, and that's my
0: whole thesis. Ooh, that's great, geez, I, <laughs> I have nothing to add. That was that was extremely powerful, wonderful stuff. You know, you 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 draw out this this importance for art that I think is sometimes lost in uh for it's sometimes lost on. Us, I, you know, I don't think it's lost on Matt. I don't think it's lost on, on anyone that we've talked to on the show, but I think it can be lost on us when we live in a totally bourgeois society or like a society that doesn't, as you say, have the privations that, uh, other societies do. And I think imagining art and middle brat art specifically as like this avenue for imagining something better or imagining something different or, or permitting someone to live a quietly brave life, as you say, um, that's really important. Yep. So that was, that was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Camel, thank you.
1: And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the main thing. Like, it, uh, And what I hope is it really sucks because, like, it's not just for locally. It's also, like, the constant bombarding of, like, uh, oh, because uh, a lot of video games are going to come out about ISIS and, and not, no video yep. games are going to talk about the people who try to change things for the better. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's uh, that's really upsetting. Uh, yeah. In any case, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to to end the thing on a downer. So no, you can always end on a downer. That is okay. No, but, um, but video games are cool. They're awesome. I love the style. I love how <laughs> I, lo- I love how Bayonetta flips around and shoots a million angels.
0: <laughs> with... <laughs> well, let's you know, let's not forget. There's like uh, there's something really beneficial about uh about things that make us happy in the midst of bad times too. Right, there's right. there's something truly important about diversion. So uh, thank you, Camel. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add or anything that you'd like to plug? Well, you know, uh, I'd like to add that I'm
1: open to questions later, uh, as you said, uh, to the question and answer sessions. I would like to plug my, uh, my Twitter, Camel underscore Altamini. I'd like to plug my Instagram, Camel underscore Altamini. And I like to plug my Twitch, where you can watch me try to become a halfway decent artist. <laughs> 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 like, like I know how I talk. But anyways, a halfway decent, a decent artist that can do camel, can underscore, do underscore camel. Uh, there's no archives yet, but once I figure out the story situation,
0: there should be an archive. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, that was fantastic. And uh, yeah, follow Camel. He's a, he's a really great follow. Um. um i'm glad if if nothing else the podcast has has got us hanging out together on online which is which is good enough for me so um uh yeah uh please tune in next time uh and follow camel and i will talk to you soon yes thank you Bye bye
1: for her.